0: The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Amen. Now, I, I want you to know something. I'm not trying. I am really not trying to scare you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a fear preacher. You know that. I've been here 27 years and you don't pastor in fear. 27 years and grow a church, you have to pastor in love. Amen. And I'm trying to scare anybody, but I just kind of think I need to warn people from time to time that we are approaching things in our calendar and in in the events of this world that might make you think that we might ought to trim our lamps and get our oil running good and be, be ready to go to Heaven. Amen? Amen? So it's good to have you today. And I don't want you to be fearful at all. Reed said it. It's, it's not, not fear at all. It's kind of like when I was a kid, when I was a, a child, we'd go on vacation, uh, and usually our vacation was to Grandma's house in Oklahoma. We lived in West Texas. and uh, But one day, one, one year, Dad said we was going to Missouri. Well, Missouri was this, this unbelievable, big, huge place that I'd never been to. I didn't even know hardly how to spell Missouri. And it was, uh, it was an amazing thing. We was going on a vacation, and I promise you, I was so excited about it. That I couldn't sleep the night before, and I slept all the way. And my dad, my dad kept waking me up. Would stop and he would say, "Son, you go use the restroom." We stop in here, and I said, "I don't want to use the restroom. I'm sleeping." Son, why didn't you sleep last night? Well, I couldn't, Daddy. I was excited about going to Missouri, and I, uh, I, I remember. I, I think I almost got a whipping because I kept saying, "Are we there yet? <laughs> Are we there yet?" And uh, I, I know, I know that. Uh, Sometimes end-time preaching can cause us a little anxiety. I don't want that to happen. But I do want you to know that it's time to awake, and it's time to arise, and it's time to aspire to be all we can be for God. Amen? It's just time to do that. So we're going we're gonna to do that. It's, it's an honor to be here today, and it's an honor to pastor such a loving church and a kind church. And uh, we're going to heaven, folks. This church is going to heaven. God's predestined the church, and we're on our way to heaven, and the journey's getting sweeter every day. So to all of our people that are listening via uh, our, uh, our our uh, our Facebook page today, we thank you for joining in with us, and uh, we're excited about hearing you hearing the gospel wherever you are. And there's people who hear the gospel all over America because they love this church. Folks that have lived here are away now; they still tune in to what we do here on our Facebook on the ten thirty service. So thank you for being here. God bless. Would you stand all over the house? I love you very very much, and. Uh, this is a delight for me to be able to speak the gospel to you. We're doing we're doing an End Time Words, and we did, two weeks ago, we did End Time Words Part 1. Now this is real deep. We're going to do End Time Words Part 2 today. And we're going to really get deep today, End Time Words Part 2. Uh, we skipped Father's Day because it was a great day, and thank you for being such good people to me as your spiritual father. Thank you for that. I had a great Father's Day, got a new pair of shoes, and... and uh, I've lost some weight, and uh, Sister Dina came in on Monday and took some of my clothes and altered them, so I got some new pants on. They were, uh, they were old pants, but they sure feel new now, amen, because they're altered. I, they, they didn't fit me, they were hanging down. It looked like some kids, you know, that wear their pants down here. <laughs> bald headed older men don't need to do that. <clears throat> it's hard to run that way. Turn to somebody and say, I'm glad to be in church with you today. (laughs) Say, Pastor, speak to us today. Let the Word touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Speak the Word to us today. Let it touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Speak the Word to us today. Let Let me leave here a better person than what I was when I came in. And you may be seated. You're awesome people. Two weeks ago we, we studied, we talked about three things. We talked, number one, about Israel becoming a nation, May 14, 1948. But that first was the embryonic state of that, the beginning of that was September the 3rd, 1947. And then nine months later Israel was birthed. And it was an awesome, awesome day for the, the nation of Israel. And Jesus said in Matthew 24 that the generation that saw that, that fig tree blossom, the generation that saw that would not pass until all the things that were in 24 had been fulfilled. And so the Bible calls the generation three score and ten. That's three times 20, 60 plus 10 is 70 years. That's what a man is appointed to live. And then by reason of strength, he lives 80 years. And so we understand that Israel became a nation in one day. So 70 years past September of 1947 is September 2017. Then we talked about the feast days of the Lord. We talked about the feast days of the Lord. Not the feast days of Israel, but of the Lord. They're the Lord's feast days. They're for Him, and it's kind of I told Patty when I went home the other day, I said, it's kind of like this. I said, God simply said, you know what? I'm going to create seven feast days. They're mine, but I'm going to create them so those people will come at least pay attention to me every now and then. Because he inhabits the praise of his people. Amen. You can't praise him enough, folks. He inhabits the praise of his people. And so these seven feast days, he celebrated. And, and, and for, of course, the first is Passover, then the Feast of Unleavened Bread, then the Feast of first fruits, and then the Feast of Pentecost where the law was given on Sinai. And those are the spring feasts. And then we skip a few months and then the fall feasts come. That first is the Feast of Trumpet and then the Feast of Yom Kippur, the Feast of Atonement. And then the last one is what we call the Feast of Tabernacles which is an eight-day feast. And it is a celebration. They lived in booths on top of their houses, folks, and they celebrated where they came out of that God had brought them out of Egypt. It's very symbolic of what we're going to do one day around the throne. We're going to celebrate that because it's going to be a brand new beginning for us and we're going to celebrate how He has brought us out of this world and saved our soul by the blood of the Lamb. And then we discovered two weeks ago that Sunday might be one of God's favorite days. I, I know every day was a good day until He made man, then it was a very good day. I like the fact that I'm very good. <laughs> it was a good day, good day. So the first, the first day of creation was a Sunday. First day of the week is a Sunday. Begins all things. That's why Sundays are very important in your life in church. You need to be in the house of God on Sunday. It's a great day. Sunday ought to start your week off right. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad to have you beside me here on Sunday. And the Lord gave the revelation of the book of Revelation to John, the Revelator, on the Isle of Patmos on a Sunday, the day of the Lord. It was a Sunday. We understand that he rode into Jerusalem on a Sunday. He was baptized on a Sunday. We prove that in the Bible. He was baptized on a Sunday. He ascended on a Sunday. The day of Pentecost is on a Sunday. God just sure loves Sundays. And it's amazing to me, and I just think this, that I think that Lord just might choose a Sunday because it's the first day of a brand new dimension of life. Yesterday was the old week, and it died. And today is the first day of the rest of your life. Amen. And I love Sundays. What are you going to do with this Sunday today? Are you going to sit or are you going to praise Him? Are you going to love Him or are you just going to say, I'm just going to pass Him by? Why don't somebody give the Lord a great ovation right now? Just praise Him a little bit. It's awesome. So I just think that the Lord might come on a Sunday because, you know, it's not His will that any should perish and when He gets us here, His grace just floods us and some of you need to be in church when Jesus comes. Thought I'd share that. Sometimes it's hard to find the right words to say to a backsliding member. A pastor was on his way to church one Sunday morning. He was walking down the road. He wasn't living so far from the church. And he saw one of his members in his front yard testing a rod and a reel out in his front yard. And the man was obviously not dressed for church. And the pastor just simply cheerfully said, The Lord's coming. And walked on by. And after the first song was being sung, he noticed the member slipping to the back pew. After the service was over, the member came up and said, I don't guess it will hurt me to be an hour late on going fishing today. Then he said meekly, just in case the Lord comes today. Somebody came up to Pastor Reed after the first service. They said that we have to keep giving to the one campaign now that the Lord may be coming in September. <laughs> People. Everybody say it's time to awake. time to arise time to to aspire aspire. first Thessalonians chapter 4 says it this way 413 through 18 said but I would not have you be ignorant brethren concerning those who have fallen asleep lest you sorrow as others who have no hope for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus for this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself, everybody say, Himself, "Himself." will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. That's why we bury people with their feet to the east and their head to the west so they can see the eastern sky. Because the Lord is going to bring the dead in Christ up. Then who are alive and remain shall be, everybody say, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Amen. Everybody say, I am going to comfort you today. Maranatha, Maranatha. the Lord's coming, amen. amen. The Lord is coming. patient came in to see a doctor one day. The medical test that the doctor had had been mixed up. And the doctor told the patient some bad news. He said, you have an incurable disease. And you'll be dead within a week. And the patient was stunned. He heard the news, pulled himself together, and he left the doctor's office. The next day the doctor picked up some of the papers and realized that he had read the wrong test the day before to the man. The patient was not dying after all. It was somebody else. (laughs) And immediately he called the patient to come in. And when the man arrived the doc sprung the good news on him. A look of horror came over the patient's face. Oh no, please tell me it's not true doc. Please tell me it's not true. Doctor couldn't believe what he was seeing and what he was hearing. What's wrong with you, he said. He said, I just told you he was going to live. You should be happy. And the devastated patient explained when he was told he had a week to live he acted like it. He went to work and quit his job the next day. Not only that he told his boss what far, where to go and how quick to get there. And on his way out the door the supervisor met him and he punched him in the face and knocked him down. Then he went on a wild spending spree and maxed out all of his credit cards. After all, he said, I wouldn't be alive when the bills came anyhow. That's the way some people act. The joke was on them. Now he's going to live. He said, Doc, can't you do something? Are you sure you didn't make a mistake? Is there some way that that first report was right? Let me tell you something, folks. Don't go goofy on me when I start preaching about the coming of Jesus Christ. Don't go selling out your cars and selling out your kids and selling out your house and go live in the mountains. We're not doing that. Don't quit. Don't quit giving to the one campaign. We're going to build a church if the Lord tears, and we're going to have more people that come and love Jesus Christ. Amen? But it's amazing. Some people, when the end time is taught or preached about, they begin to live like there's no tomorrow. So I'm just going to tell you what I'm. I'm just going to sit down here and just wait can't do that. The Bible said you have to occupy, you have to occupy, you have to occupy. In 1948 Israel became a nation. A lot of people thought the world was going to come to an end when Israel became a nation. My pastor was a Palestinian young man. He was an Arab and he was chased out of Israel when that state became a solemn state. In 10 months it took him to win that war because the majority of Israel was Muslim. Arabs and they wanted to be Israelis. And 700,000 Arab people had to had to be dispelled and they did that so that the elections would always favor the God of Israel. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And then in June 5th 1967 there was what was called the Six Day War. You, some of you folks that are in your 50's or 60's might remember that. The Egyptian president Gamal Nasser asked Syria and Jordan to come in with him and together they were going to Push Israel, plumb to the sea of the Mediterranean, and they were going to take care of them, take them out. But God fought for Israel. He really, really did. He fought for Israel. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. They say that women came out with broomsticks, broomsticks, and beside them, the enemy said there were was, was soldiers big as seven foot, eight feet tall, with swords in their hand, they were flaming. It's amazing what a broomstick can do when God's with you. Amen. Amen. It's amazing. And the war didn't last long. It just lasted six days. It was called the Six Day War because Israel did something. They knew they had to take out the air attack. So they flew six feet, folks, six feet above the Mediterranean. And they flew faster than the speed of sound. And they got to a 70 mile location very, very quickly. And they bombed the the air force of the Egyptians and the Syrians and, and the Jordanians. And they took out 500 planes the first day. And really, the war was over the first day because the air attack was gone. But it took six days to finish it up. They took care of Egypt, then Syria, then Jordan. And on June the 10th that war was over. And the synagogues in America, folks, were packed with Jewish people because they thought the world was ending. Then 1973 the Yom Kippur War began on a Saturday, October 6, 1973. And it ended on Thursday, October the 25th, 1973. It took them 19 days. You know when God gets hold of His country, it don't take them long to take care of business, does it? (laughs) He told Abraham, if they they bless you, I'm going to bless them. If they curse you, I'm going to curse them. I want to tell you something. We stand for the country of Israel in this church here right now. Amen. (laughs) We do that. And then 1988, somebody wrote a book called 88 Reasons Why the Lord is Going to Come in 1988. (laughs) Now, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this, and it's kind of funny. I was at the church. I was at the church when that book hit the shelves, and and I started getting calls. I was pastor in Louisiana, and, and I got, started getting calls, and I started baptizing people right and left. And then, and then it got late, and I thought, well, it's time. I'm going home. And I got a call about 2 o'clock in the morning, so help me God. And 2 o'clock in the morning in a town in Louisiana, Derrida, Louisiana, and, and I got a call, and it was a, it was a little old lady who was the most awesome person that I'd ever pastored in my life to that time. She was awesome. She said, I, I want to be baptized. I said, why? She said, I want to make sure I'm right. I said, why don't you do it in the daytime? She said, I don't want anybody to know that I'm not right. (laughs) Let me tell you something. We got some water ready. If you want to get right, I'll put you in the water today. But I'm telling you, folks, the Lord didn't come in 1988. And and they wrote another book in 89. 89 reasons why the Lord's coming in 89. And the 89th reason was because he didn't come in 88. And so we've heard these things and we've talked about these things. Then in 2001, September, September of 2001 when we had the Twin Towers attacked by this horrible force that began the ISIS war. There were people, we left the church open that Tuesday. There were people that come by here and we baptized people all day because they thought the world was ended. And, I, and, and God don't want you to have fear like that. He didn't want you to have fear. But I, I do believe with all my heart that there's a parable in the Bible about the five wise and five foolish virgins for a reason. And that reason is this, that there was a friend of the bridegroom that knew when the bridegroom was coming and he heard him coming and he went out and told him, trim your lamps, wake up because the bridegroom is coming. Behold, the bridegroom come. And he did it at midnight. Midnight. And he did it at midnight because a lot of people are asleep in the last hour because we've heard a lot of preaching on how to be better Christians and how to help our neighbor and how to do a lot of things. But sometimes we forget that there is a heaven and there is a hell and there is a hereafter and God's got a hereafter for all of us. And there's no need to go to that other place when you got a chance to go to heaven from Christian Life Church. Come on, clap your hands. Let's go to heaven together. Let's make heaven our home. Let's do this thing together. But I remember back in the 60's many, many, many people quit their jobs, they quit schools, they walked away from their homes, their marriages, no need to work, no need to push for education, just get ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we had a generation of kids that were not learned and they were illiterate. And then others just quit life because they didn't feel they were worthy to even go to heaven. And their idea of the Lord was coming, no need to do anything more, I'll just sit here and wait for the inevitable bad, bad day. It's going to be a toughie. But the Bible said, occupy till he comes. Occupy. Occupy till he comes. That means stay engaged, stay employed in mind and body. For the Lord Himself would ascend from heaven with a shout. Amen. With the trump of God. As taught two weeks ago, Paul truly felt, folks, that the Lord was going to come again in the Feast of Trumpets because he honored every one of the seven feasts. It was his feast. It was not Israel's feast, it was the Lord's feast. And he truly believed that that high priest that blew that trumpet on a beginning of the the Feast of Trumpet and then blew it two days later or three days later at the end of that that Feast of Trumpet, he believed that the Lord was going to interrupt that priest and going to blow his own trumpet. Now, this is what Paul thought. And if you look at your calendar closely, you have to to see, because we have to have a Saturday Sabbath that ends the Feast of Trumpets for that to even look like it works. And guess what? I'm not setting dates, but September the 23rd, folks, is a day that ends the Feast of Trumpets and the priest will not be blowing the ram's horn. He'll not be blowing the horn. He'll not blow the trumpet. And it could be that because the new day starts at 6 o'clock in the evening. It doesn't start at midnight like it does in America, but their days start at 6. So at 6 o'clock it's Sunday. And it could be that at 6 o'clock the Lord says, you know what? I shut him up on the Sabbath I'm ready to blow mine on Sunday and let's take these kids home. I just believe that the Lord himself is going to descend one day with a shout yeah, yeah. with the voice of the Archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ are going to rise first and then the we which are alive and remain shall be, everybody say caught up. Caught, caught up. up. That word there means to escape, to get out of here, to go. I believe in the coming of Jesus Christ. Do you believe in the coming of the Lord? Yeah. I believe he's coming back to get his church. Amen. So, pastor, are setting dates? No, not really. I'm not setting dates. I'm really not. The Bible said no man knows the day or the hour. That's right. If you know what the Scripture is talking about, you're absolutely right. But if you don't know what it's talking about, I'm going to fix you. <laughs> Many think it's about the rapture, but that's not about the rapture. The very last two verses of the book of Matthew chapter 23 says, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me again henceforth. You shall say, Blessed be he that comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Then, Matthew 24, the very next verse Jesus went out with his disciples and departed from the temple, and his disciples came with him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say to you, there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us now. Three questions they ask. Number one, when shall the city of Jerusalem be destroyed? It's a good question. And it was destroyed in 70 AD by Titus. Number two, what is the sign of your coming? That's the second coming, folks. And number three, what is the sign of the end of the world? So they're asking three questions. What about our city? What about your coming? And what about the end of the world? And Jesus deliberately answers these questions in Matthew chapter 24. He answers them very succinctly. And the answer to their question is this, Verily I say unto you, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. This word is not going to go anywhere, folks. It's going to stay forever. Amen. And the next verse, but of that day and hour, what day and hour? The day that heaven and earth passes away. No man know, not the angels in heaven, but my Father only. Nobody knows when heaven and earth is going to pass away, but the Father in heaven. He's the only one that knows the time of the end of the world, not the coming of the Son of Man. He's not talking about the coming of the Lord. The Apostle Paul said, That day shall not overtake us as a thief, because we are children of the day and not children of the night. I'm telling you, folks, there is a bridegroom that will nudge a friend of the bride who will tell the bride, get your lamps ready. The Lord's coming down the road. It's time to prepare yourself for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Folks, I believe that Jesus is coming again. I believe he's coming again. Does anybody concur with me today? I believe the Lord is coming again for his church. Amen. amen. Everybody say Maranatha. Maranatha. The, Lord the Lord is coming. I don't want to run out of time here. So you've got to turn your attention now to the Feast of Trumpets. Take note of what the Lord has done already with the other feast. He died on Passover. He was buried in unleavened bread because there was no leaven in Him. There was no bacteria in Him. He said, I am in this world and Satan has nothing in me. He died pure. He was a pure sacrifice, the perfect lamb. He arose on first fruits. And when He arose, graves were already opened. And the dead came out of the graves and walked through the streets of the city saying, Wow, that's Him. And then 50 days later He sent the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. He honored the Feast of Pentecost. They're not our days, they're His days. And He's going to honor the Feast of Trumpets and He's going to honor the Feast of Yom Kippur. And He's going to honor the Feast of Tabernacles because He is a God that honors His feast days. Thank you, Lord. See, the Battle of Armageddon will start in the day, on the day of Yom Kippur, someday seven years after the church is gone. I believe that. What is to be understood is this. The feasts are not for Israel, but the feasts are for the Lord. So, Pastor, let me ask you. Do you think the church is going through Great Tribulation? No. No, sir, I don't. Because I know my Jesus better than that. People who have received Jesus as Lord will not go through the same tribulation as those who have denied His Messiahship. How many me believe He's Messiah in your life? Come on, come on, Ray. Come on, come on. Don't be ashamed of that. Raise your hand. How many believe that all over the house? Come on, clap your hands real big. He is Lord. Come on, He's Lord of my life. Say it, He's Lord of my life. Hallelujah. 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 You know, you know, Patty and I got married Lord, be 36 years in February. Wow, she's watching on the screen back there right now, so I better get that right. (laughs) February the twelfth. You know, she's a great bride. She's never just become my wife or that thing. She's my bride. And I love the snot out of her. I love that girl. Wow. She's the baddest woman in the world. (laughs) Do you feel my energy? Bad woman. I have never abused her. I've never struck her. I've never cursed her. I've never talked down to her. I elevate her. She's the queen of the house. I know that's right. Hey, you know where I got those ideas from? Amen. Somebody said, Well, I've been abused all my life. I've been persecuted all my life. You don't have to, ch- you don't have to keep doing that because you can change because your heavenly father doesn't do that to you. Come on now. Come on now. Somebody, somebody say, I can change. I can change. And if I had left her, and I was coming back to pick her up. Do you think I would make her go through all the stuff that's going to happen in those seven years, those three and a half years when, they make, when the man of Christ makes peace, then the three and a half years that he breaks peace, the 1,260 days? Do you think that I would make her go through that to prove her love to me when she makes eggs for me on Saturday? <laughs> she washes my clothes. She picks up after me. Hello. She does, though. You think, do you think that I would make her go through that? Listen, I learned that from my Heavenly Father. We are not the same cut as our Father Abraham kids are. We're the grafted in branch. We've received Him as Lord in our life, and we are the church of the living God. And He's coming back for that church. And we're going home to be with him one day. And whether it's this year or next year or 10 years from now, I'm going to be here with my lamp trimmed, with my oil full. I'm going to be ready to go home to be with Jesus Christ. Come on. Celebrate that today with me in the name of the Lord. See, God, God has a pattern. The world was wicked. Within six chapters of the book of Genesis, was wicked. But Noah found Grace. God said, build an ark. And He built that ark. And God said, get in the ark. And eight people got in the ark with a bunch of smelly animals. And God shut the door. Then the rain came. There wasn't no precursor. Oh, Lord, let it sprinkle a little bit. Let us feel it. There wasn't any rain until the rain came and washed them all away. But God saved Noah. Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham asked, will you spare the city of 50 are righteous? And he got down to 40 and 30 and 20 and 10. And God said, yes, 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 yes. And if he'd got down to five or got down to one, God would have said yes. Because God is long-suffering. He's merciful to his people. God don't want you to be lost. He don't want you to go to hell. He wants you to be saved. And there was four righteous Lot, his wife, and two daughters, and his wife turned around and was turned to a pillar of salt because you don't look back at what God brought you out of once He delivers you from what you were in. But then the fire fell and 600,000 people died. Israel was saved by the blood of the Lamb. That was the last plague, the plague of death. And they came out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. Then God destroyed the armies of Egypt in the sea. But Israel, you've got to get this folks, lived in a little place called Goshen, Goshen was not in the middle of Egypt. It was up here in this little northeast corner. And God took care of those Israelites in Goshen. The light stayed on when there was darkness. The frogs didn't come in their house. The lice didn't float. And the river, their rivers didn't turn into blood. Because God took care of His people. Amen. 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 And God has a pattern and we are his church we're his bride folks we are the bride of Christ (laughs) hallelujah and he's not going to beat us over the head he's not going to whip us and make us get under his heel he's gonna say come and stand by my side I want you to come home with me and I'm gonna catch you up one day I'm gonna blow a trumpet you're gonna hear it we're gonna go home can you celebrate that with me today that's not fearful that's blessed will be taken away before the day of Jacob's trouble. That's tribulation. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 said, For the iniquity of lawlessness is already at work. Now watch this, only he, everybody say he, He. who now restrains will do that, do so until he, say he, He. is taken out of the way. You know who that he is? That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Spirit. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of His mouth and destroy with the brightness of His coming. And the coming of lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Everybody say pastor. Pastor. Preach truth to us. We're going to love the truth. Come on. We're going to love this truth preach truth to us. I'm going to do more than that. I'm going to tell you the truth in love because I want you to be saved more than anything in this world. Turn to your neighbor and say, Maranatha, the Lord's coming. Amen. Amen. And so, and so, so pastor why are you so emphatic about the coming of the Lord now? Great question. The three things that I told you at the first of this message about the time of the season that it is. The second thing about the feast of the Lord. And the third thing about the world temperament that we 're a part of right now, Daniel talked about four beasts in his revelation. It talked about four beasts, and the last one was couldn't even be described. It had iron teeth and they would it would chew you it would chew you up and grind you to powder, then it would stomp the residue with its feet you couldn't even describe it. It was an indescribable beast, and that 's what we 're fighting in the world there's hate, there's fear, there's bitterness there's a war going on with an enemy we can't even describe. But it's the last of the last days, and I'm telling you, folks, heaven's going to be real nice one day. You might ought to make reservations. I hear they got a good sauna program. Hear they got a good day spa. And somebody told me we might even be able to play golf, and everybody makes a hole in one on every hole. Amen. <laughs> when I think about heaven, I think I get happy. I get excited about going home because heaven is a place where we all want to wind up someday. Amen. Heaven's a place, but there's one more thing that I want to share with you today. Have I got time? Yes, I do. There's one more thing I want to share with you today. The things that the thing I'm fixing to show you is so exacting, it reinforces everything. In fact, it just this this puts it, when I discovered it, it puts goosebumps on me. It really did. There's some astronomers that are sharing some things with us that absolutely are breathtaking. Not astrologers. They don't know the way to San Jose. (laughs) You'll get that after a while. That woman that sung that song was an astrologer and she didn't know the way to San Jose. So she's not going to tell me what my sign is. But astronomers, the stars have always been something that God used. In fact, in the book of Genesis, the first chapter, he created the stars that he put in the heavens for signs. Everybody say signs For for days, for years. For months and for seasons. So he put them there to tell what the past was, what the present was, and what the future is going to be. That's what he put them there for. A star was what brought the wise men from afar to find Jesus in a house. Jesus was the day star, he was the bright and morning star, he's the north star that gives us direction. There's nobody like Jesus Christ in our life. He can be any kind of star you want Him to be. He can be your shining star. He's everything you need Him to be in your life. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. In the Old Testament, a man named Sisera came against Barak and Jabin and fought against him. And the Bible said that the stars in their courses fought against that man. Now, I don't know what the stars did. I don't know if they hurled. I don't know what they did. But they whipped him so he couldn't whip the people of God. Here's what I'm telling you God has stars out there for us to understand that stars speak to us a language that we need to understand. So in Revelation chapter 12, I'm going to finish my sermon today with this. There appeared a great wonder in heaven a woman clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. And she being with child cried. Everybody say, she was having a child. She was travailing in birth. And she pained to be delivered. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Who do you think that might be? Yes. And her child was caught up unto God. The same word that's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We that are alive and remain shall be caught up. So when that child that's born is caught up, we're going to be. And her child was caught up unto God and to His throne. Now I've got a few little few little slides here I want to show you. First slide I want to put up is simply this: God made the stars and the constellations. Say amen to that. Amen. The next slide is Psalms thirty-three and six. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. And all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Then Job got in the picture. And he said, can you bind the sweet influences of Pleiades? Job was the first book ever written in the Bible, folks. And he talked about stars, Pleiades, and the bands of Orion. And you can, can you bring forth Maseroth? Maseroth means constellations in his season. Can you do that? Or can you guide Arcturus? Arct- Ar- Ar- Arcturus, I can't pronounce that, that star. I'm going to talk to you when I get to heaven about you, buddy, Arcturus. With his sons. Can you do that? Then let's, let's go a little further. Let's go over to the, one more. Psalms 147. He tells the number of the stars and he calls them all by their names. Can you imagine how big a God that is? You know the Hubble the other day found a whole nother constant, a whole nother one. It's 900 billion light years across. Can you imagine something that big and it's just out there floating. God is a big God. But he's mindful of us. And He wants to take us to glory. He wants us to be with Him. He wants us to reign with Him one day. And by the way, I want to ride on a white horse coming back in the Battle of Armageddon and say, He's the boss, He's taken over, and I'm just going to sit here and watch. I'm telling you, the Lord Jesus Christ is coming for His church. Throw up the next slide, please. Throw up the next slide. Now I want you to see something here. This woman that was clothed with the sun it's called Virgo, representative of the Virgin Mary. She's clothed with the sun. You see the sun on her left shoulder. You see the moon at her feet down here. You see seven, uh, uh, 12 stars, 12 stars in her, uh, around her head, 12 stars. There's nine that make up Leo, the lion. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then there's three planets that are lining up right now. Venus, Mars, and Mercury. Now, if you look down here about her knee, you'll see the planet Jupiter, Jupiter. <laughs> Is known as the King Planet because it's the largest planet in our our whole solar system. It's King Jupiter. So what is being birthed, folks, out of her, if you go back and look, you can find this online, you go back and look, back in January, Jupiter is up in the womb area, but here it is in September, he's down in the area of delivery because this Jupiter is being birthed. King Jupiter is being birthed. The King is being birthed. The King is being birthed. something's about to happen in our world does that mean the Lord's coming I don't say that but something's being birthed. something's going to happen on September the 23rd that's going to change the complexity of everything we are and I'm not calling a date I'm really not because I really want to be in a church about next September praising God with 1600 people on a Sunday morning but I'm telling you that something's happening in our world right now in astronomy it's happening Jupiter's coming out now Thirty-three days before this happens, there's gonna be, put the next slide up, there's gonna be a there's gonna be an eclipse, a total eclipse across our nation. It's gonna be the largest eclipse that we've ever known. It's gonna cover all of all of the United States. It's gonna cover us all. And they're calling it the big, the big eclipse. It's big. It's thirty-three days before this Jupiter is birthed from this lady, the king, that's gonna be caught up and carried away. Now, 33 is the number of years that Jesus lived before He was crucified. There's a beast that wants to destroy and devour the baby when it's born, but He's caught up and taken away. And then that woman, which represents Israel, is carried away into the wilderness. And for 1,260 days she's taken care of three and a half years. And then she comes out of that situation. You can read it in the book of Revelation chapter 12. But here's what I'm telling you. Put it on the last slide now. Here's what I'm telling you. September of this year. All these planets, for the first time, folks, listen, for the first time in 2,000 years, 2,000 years, they're going to be lined up like this right here, right here, boom. Venus, Mars, Mercury, Sun, Jupiter, Moon, they're going to be lined. Leo is going to be there, the Virgin's going to be there, she's going to have delivered King Jupiter, and this world is going to have a brand new day. Whatever happens is going to happen. I'm not setting a date. In fact, I'm going to be at church on Sunday, the 24th. I'm going to be here if the Lord don't come. And I'm going to be given to the one campaign. (laughs) But if he does come, if he does come, I'm going to try to help him. Let me share it with you guys. Let me just share it with you, please. Let me just share it with you. Put, put, put that up. Let me share it with you. Let me say something to you. You can't make it on mama's salvation. You can't make it on daddy's prayer life. You can't make it on your kin folks. You're going to have to have your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ for your sake. You need that in your life. You need that in your life. And, and, and I know that there's some that are intrepidated today. There's some that are fearful today. There's some that are saying, oh my God, my God. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't allow yourself to get caught up in fear. That's what hell wants you to do. Because folks, we have seen, we have seen signs before. This is just an end time thing because it seems to all be coming together. We also have a jubilee from 1967, the Six-Day War, to 2017. And another jubilee from 1917 when the Balfour Convention took place, 17 to 67 to 2017. There's two jubilees going to come to fruition this year in September. I'm just telling you folks, it's happening. Things are just happening. And you've got to be aware of that. And when you're aware of that, you take care of yourself. And you don't do anything dumb. Goofy you might want to bend your knee you might want to pray a little bit you Amen. might want to you might want to be more Regular to the house of God you might want to just do some things that might be kind of in the back shelf This might ought to be first instead of fifth That's right. Amen. Because Jesus Christ is coming folks soon He's coming again and whether he comes this year or next year he is coming and when he comes I want to have my lamp trimmed. I want to be awake. I want to be up And I want to be aspiring to be all I can be for Jesus Christ. Clap your hands all over this house right now. Receive the word of the Lord today. Receive it today. Come on. Clap your hands real big. Thank you people in 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 the media. God bless you. I love you. Now I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to do something here tonight. Today. We're going to do something. We're not filming anymore right now. We're going to do something. I don't want. People to see who comes to the altar that's out there and they say, "Well, I'll see old Billy in the altar today. Wow." He sure needed that, and they wouldn't even come to church today, they wasn't. Billy was in church. Now, I want to tell you something. It's important. It's important you understand what I'm about to say. It's important. I don't preach stuff like this because I want to be cool. I don't preach stuff like this because I want to be wow. Man, that pastor, he sure is smart. Where'd he get all that? Well, mama sent me to school and told me how to research. I just researched. I'm not a, I'm not a prophecy preacher. I'm not a prophecy teacher. But it's so plain that's happening right now before our eyes. It's so plain that we've got to open up our minds and our hearts and our spirits yes. to the wonder of I wonder what God's up to right now. Okay. Because he deserves everything we are and everything we can be. So I'm just going to open up this altar here just a moment and just say, if you want, if you'd like to come down and just let me pray with you this morning, I'll be glad to do that. I'll be glad to do that. There's no sense in me preaching like I preach today and teach like I teach today and not give people a chance just to come down and say, Pastor, I just need a little prayer today. Would you like to come